so what having faith feels like is casting a spell or doing something and knowing it's going to work even before it does. Knowing that um, the intentions you set are going to manifest, even if it feels like they're not going to. It means um, not talking bad things about yourself, um, not participating in self-sabotage. That's what all that means. Hello, so um, welcome back to the Beauty Witch Podcast. Um, in this episode, we're gonna be talking about what it feels like to be lost, participating in witchcraft, <clears throat> and how to get out of that lost feeling. If you're confused why the podcast looks so different because you're watching on YouTube or sounds so different because you're listening to it in your car or whatever, it's because I'm filming this from a hotel room. I've tried to film this podcast, this specific one, like two times already, and it's Friday morning, really, really early. <clears throat> I'm in Austin, Texas. My voice is going away from talking so much, and I'm doing this again, and I think this is going to be the final one because I don't have any more options. I have to post it. So I want to talk to you about feeling lost, but before we can do that, we're going to jump into our Zen session. Woo! And today's Zen session, I want to talk about EFT tapping. But I need my notebook. So I'm new at EFT tapping, um, but I learned about it from Gala Darling, and my coach is actually really into EFT tapping. So I wanted to like share the essence or like the essentials I found and sort of talk about like how you can use it. So um, EFT tapping is called the emotional freedom technique and it's basically like tap, like literally tapping on yourself. Um, what it does is it like helps you have like a repetitive motion and so it works with a repetitive motion on your body and a like a vocal um, phrasing to help you sort of like get through stuff. <clears throat> so and you have to speak aloud and you have to physically tap yourself. You can't just like do it mentally or visual or like visualization it. You have to literally do it. So what this what it does, it helps you like ground really, like really it's a grounding technique. So it helps you like figure, like one place to tap would be um, here on the side of the hand. So like if you're having issues and you need to tap, like you can tap here. And this helps you ground because you have to focus on like physical touch and then you say things aloud like, it's okay that I'm really upset right now. Like you say things like this and like, it's okay that I'm really upset right now. I'm having human emotions, stuff like that. That's like what tapping is. Um, and it follows steps and it depends on where you wanna tap. So Gala Darling does a lot of taps where it goes like this. Where else does it go with those? I can't do it with glasses, but That's like her, that's like a routine through the body that I've seen her do a lot of times. I've seen Gala Darling do this. 
And then this is like the steps that I learned from the internet and from um, everybody else. So you start by doing the tapping, like you come up with your routine. I like to do this one, although this one starts to hurt after a while. <laughs> um, you can do that one, you can do this one too. This is a good one if you're like in public and you don't wanna be like, oh God, oh my God, I'm having a breakdown. Like you can just do this. Um, and then there's also wrist tapping, you know, tap your watch. Like wrist tapping, you can do this too. A lot of people do this. Um, but you state the, so you start tapping and then you state the problem. Like, I filmed this podcast three times already, like that. And then you can, um, you state it and you have to be honest. So you can be like, I'm really stressed out right now. I've already filmed this podcast three times and I'm worried that this isn't the last time or that I'm not gonna get it up in time. And then you have to accept those feelings and make it better for yourself. Like that's, that's a step is to make yourself feel better. So even if I, this isn't the last time I have to film it and I can't get it up today, that's okay. As long as I publish, that's all that matters like that. And then you tap and then you just go through the routine. So it's really good for when you're upset or like having to deal with something emotionally or for manifesting. And that is where you say what you want to happen. So you could say things like, I'm going to make $200 in tips today. Something like that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give you a basis for EFT tapping. So it's something I've been like really interested in recently and learning a lot about. So I thought I would share like my introductory to it. And you let me know if it's something that you do a lot of or something that's interesting to you or how you feel about it. Let's discuss in those comments. All right. Thanks for the Zen session. Okay, we're back from the Zen session. And now I wanna talk about feeling like you're a lost boy in witchcraft. Uh, Hotel coffee. So when I first did this podcast, like the first time I recorded this, it was all about me. It was how I was feeling lost. It was about like what I was doing to make myself not feel that way. And then I was like, that's blame. Like nobody wants to listen to that. And then I recorded it again and I focused it all on you. And since it was all said in second person, it sounded very sales pitchy or commercially because it would, in like, I'm not really selling anything, sort of. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen commercials where it's like, have you ever slept on a gross mattress? Like, that's how it sounded. So I'm trying to be quiet because I don't know if anybody else, it's like really early in the morning and I don't know if people in the other rooms can hear me. Um, anyway, so now I'm gonna try and do a mix of both. I have two parts to this podcast. The first part, I wanna tell my story and how I've felt lost. Um, and I am doing this because I want us to have, like, I want us to relate to each other. If you also like looked at the title of this podcast and you felt like it spoke to you, I want you to start listening to it and understand like, okay, yes, I've also felt similar feelings and I've also had similar experiences. Like I want us to share some kind of like, familiar experience. And the only way I can do that, like without it sounding gross and sales pitchy is if I just say, like tell what has happened to me and my side. And then after that, I wanna talk about the steps I took to get out of this feeling of lostness and witchcraft. So the second half of this podcast is like the practical constructive steps that you can take. And the first half is just me telling my story. 
Okay, so I've told this story a few times, but I haven't told it like this before. And it's how I got introduced to witchcraft. Um, I actually learned about Wicca when I was like 13. Like I feel like a lot of people do with the advent of me becoming obsessed with Ouija boards. I have no fear of Ouija boards, they're not scary to me. I've had really crazy experiences with them and really boring experiences with them. And I've learned that Ouija boards run off the energy of the group. Um, I've never had experiences with Ouija boards by myself, only with two plus people. And it always depends on how the group is feeling. It's if and where you are. Anyway, I, this isn't a Ouija board podcast. <laughs> so I became obsessed with Ouija boards because I love the idea of talking to the dead. And I learned about Wicca in that like internet research rabbit hole. Because I was just learning about the occult. And I was a Christian at the time. We would go to church every Wednesday for youth group. But honestly, it wasn't for the spiritual aspect. It was because it was a way for my mom to feed us without having to pay. They would give us free dinner. We were not in the best place financially. And so we, we could eat um, dinner, like a nice warm cooked meal. And the only caveat is we just have to stay in church. And we, this was the church that I grew up in. Like my mom en enrolled, do you enroll in church? I don't know. She enrolled us in this church when we moved to the town we moved into when I was three. And my mom is not Christian, she's an atheist. And I asked her why we enrolled in church. And she said, um, it's because she wanted us, as in me and my siblings, to have a um, good understanding of like basic Christian references because our she she's very realistic. She's like, we live in a very Christian town. Like I, you need to be aware of like who Jesus is and his story and then like, other Bible stories so that way when people talk to you about it you like know what's going on and I think she also wanted us to not be closed off from it and then become like evangelical and things like that later down the line because we have evangelical Christians in our family and it's not fun but she didn't really believe and also for the community we didn't have a community really when we moved to the town we live in um or we, I lived in with my parents when I was a kid and so I think she created this community. And honestly, my church was pretty awesome. They were very liberal. Like they don't, they accept everybody. They're um, LGBTQ friendly. They're super awesome. They're not very preachy. Like, honestly, I didn't learn very many Bible stories. I learned more about like how to be a good person. So we would go, Wednesdays was youth group. And I was like, I had my own relationship with god and jesus i guess like i prayed um but i never actually like felt a connection back um unless i was like really scared and i feel like i only did that because i needed comfort and so i would like pretend that i had like warmth and stuff next to me as a protection um but i didn't i wasn't like i wasn't like um consistent with it. I would only reach out if I felt pressure or like I needed to, if I was scared. I wouldn't, it wasn't a thing where I was like devoted because I felt devoted. It was like, oh, hey, are you there? Like, please help. Like, come, can I sleep in your bed kind of thing. Um, and then I learned about Wicca when I was 13 and I felt very conflicted because I knew that witchcraft was considered evil by the church. I don't think the church that I went to would 
think that. I think they'd be like, um, witchcraft doesn't exist. <laughs> like, I think that's the route they would go in instead of like, oh, like, I feel like they'd just be like, why, why do you feel the need to do that? And like, oh, you can practice this in a Christian sort of way. Like they were super cool. But this was also around the time where I decided I didn't want to go to church anymore because I would get bullied ruthlessly by all of the kids there. Like the pastors and the adults, they were really nice, but the kids were awful. <laughs> so my mom um, let us stop going. We ate less hot dinners. And um, I dabbled with Wicca. I don't want like any of my roommates to come in. Um, so I dabbled with Wicca. Kind of fell off. I didn't like it. I felt like there was too many rules to follow and too many like checklists. And also, I knew like my mom wanted to take me to go get an altar. And there was no such thing as like witchy stores. Like Earthbound didn't exist. Um, so any metaphysical store I wanted to go to was really far away, and I couldn't drive. And so I just sort of gave up on it and became agnostic. Until I went to London. So when I was twenty. I, like 1920, I moved to London for six months and studied abroad. And um, I learned about Celtic Druidism while I was there and instantly fell in love. I sort of knew that I was like into the occult. Like I for sure knew I was into the occult. I wanted to like be a paranormal investigator. And I like learned about all of these like ways to interact with the dead and like the darkness and things like that. And so I found Druidism and I liked its concepts. And I went to Stonehenge and met a Druid who I think is just a guy in a costume they hired to come and hang out. What are you doing? All right, well I have to continue filming. Pretend like you're not here. I think it's a bad first. Yeah. So uh, I liked that. So I started doing a lot of research on that. And while I was there is when I actually started my YouTube channel and blog. And I wanted it to be all about my path into like Celtic paganism. Um, and then I like just didn't like it. Celtic paganism has no witchcraft in it. It's all paganism. And I didn't live in Ireland anymore after I came home. And I didn't wasn't able to connect with like those deities in the same way. And I didn't know if I even believed in them. And so I just stopped doing that and I moved on. And I tried to do that whole eclectic thing. And so if you don't know what eclectic witchcraft is, it's where you take bits and pieces from other traditions and you use them. And so I was like, oh, I'll take a bit from like the Roman pantheon and the Irish pantheon and Native American lore and like Egyptian stuff, which is what a lot of people typically do. And let me tell you, that's bad. Don't do that. I think it's okay to do it to an extent, um, especially from like open European pantheons and spiritualities. It's okay, but not the way I was doing it. I was taking from anything and everything and it wasn't good. And that's when I learned about cultural appropriation. And so I gave up all of it. Um, I gave all of it up 
like wasn't I only used like practical things in my craft like okay only candles no spirits or anything I don't want to make anybody mad like I'm just gonna use this safe candle I bought and that's it like I was so nervous about like making anybody angry that I just didn't do anything really um which is bad like don't do that but that's what I did so like I, it was bad on both sides like don't take from everything bad don't do nothing bad like where I couldn't figure out like how to find a middle and so I started looking um like I started coming up with where the middle was when I found like a the community I'm in on Instagram, which is a lot of like witches who may dedicate themselves to gods or goddesses, but it's more the archetype of that god and goddess. Um, they focus more on like activism and personal development and things like that. And I really connected with that and I'm still very connected to it. But, and it felt safer, you know, because there wasn't anybody to make angry. It's just, it was all about like my own path. Because let me, let me, so like, let me break it down for you real quick on why I even felt this lost because I feel like a lot of people would come with this conclusion really quickly and it took me like five years. So let's like go, like I wish I had a whiteboard because I would whiteboard it, but like, let's go down, let's go down the journey, right? So I'm here and I don't want to be a Christian anymore. In my whole ancestral history that I'm aware of is all Catholic. We were not. So we had already disengaged from where we started, like where my family started spiritually. Everybody else is Catholic. I'm not already. Default, no. And my parents are both atheist. So then I'm sort of Christian and then tried Wicca, it didn't work. So then I go down and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna reach to my ancestors, Celtic paganism. Then I learned that when a lot of people came to America from Ireland, they had to give up their Irish culture and heritage for white privilege reasons, because if you pretended you weren't Irish, you would be seen as more white. And so my family purposely abandoned our Irish heritage and culture to be white, which is really gross. I don't like it. And so a lot of people in Ireland don't consider American Irish people truly Irish because of this like backstabbery. Okay, so that happened to my family. And I know that happened to my family because we don't do anything, we don't do anything Irish, except for maybe like celebrate St. Patrick's Day, which is like not even a real, it's like literally celebrating Irish stereotypes. So um, we didn't do that. And so I couldn't really grasp onto Celtic paganism, like it felt icky. So then I was like, what if I focused on the lore of my That's icky. And also, I don't want to go down the Celtic route, which is like a Celtic eclectic route, which is like right in the middle, and do both. That's icky too. So like, where do I go? Like, I have no culture that I want to hold on to from my family because it's all Catholic. I do not want to be a Catholic witch. And then I don't want to steal from other cultures that I've either abandoned in my history or stolen from. Um, and then all the other things like Roman, like Roman culture or like uh, traditions and pantheon, Egyptian, Egyptians off limits. I'm not African. I'm not Egyptian. Why would I do that? But the other ones like uh, Nordic things like that, I have no connection to like 
I tried with the whole um, Persephone thing, didn't work. So I've just been like spiritualless. So I had like all of, and over on this side, I had like all the practical things I needed to do to be considered a witch, right? Got the candles, got the crystals, got the tarot, got the altar. I know how to do all of it. Like I know all of the steps, right? But if you just do this and you don't have any of the spiritual stuff, all you're doing is lighting candles and playing cards. Like there was no, I felt empty, right? So that was my dilemma. Let me know if you can relate. And that's why I decided, screw that. I'm just gonna create my own thing. I'm just gonna make it all up. I'm just gonna invent it. I'm just gonna invent my own thing. So that's what I did. And I'm gonna explain to you how I did it. So the first thing I did was I connected to one singular path or niche, or I found one thing that I wanted to go down, and that was self-care and beauty and shadow work, really. I found one specific specialty, I guess you can say, and I turned that into my focus. And so what that means is I took everything I knew about the craft and I put it through the lens of this. So I, that was like the, that's like the who, right? Beauty, which that's the who of my spirituality. So I knew, okay, these are the tools that I'm going to use. These are the things I'm going to learn. This is the path I'm going to go down. And it all, and I feel like this is pretty typical with witchcraft. Like, I feel like this is a pretty typical um, path people take as they find one focus and they go down it. So if like, you want to be a kitchen witch, okay, I'm going to learn all about food. And I'm going to go down that, learn about the wheel of the year and how I can make traditional meals, go down that path, you know, or like a green witch, you learn about plants, things like that. You find your path and you go down it. So I chose beauty self-care. And so I knew I have to learn, like everything I learned has to be in that niche. And so the gods and goddesses I learned about, like Persephone, Venus, things like that will be in that niche. But even then it felt weird because it was still the picking and choosing and I didn't like it. But whatever, I tried, but I was firm on the path. I knew I didn't want to stray from that path. I already had a lot of knowledge about it. I was able to marry a bunch of things I was already interested in together to create one thing and make things more sacred. And then, oh gosh. Get this guy. Okay, so if, if we're following along here, and you feel lost in what you got going on, the first step is to find a focus or find a path. Um, and this is great, especially if you felt secular for a really long time, because this allows you to have a study path. I know a lot of people, when you first start learning about witchcraft and stuff, say things like, read, research, make sure you learned everything, because they want you to, um, be like secure and be able to explore. But what they don't know is that there's a lot of stuff out there that's not good to read or you can get really overwhelmed really fast, AKA me. So that's why I'm telling you what to do. So figure out your focus, go down one path and that's where you're gonna learn. Like we're still in the practical realm here with this first step. 
create your own path. So figure out where you want to go and go there and only focus on learning things in that area. So um, if you are interested in beauty witchery, good books to read would be things like, um, what is it? Modern World Mystical Girl, I think, or Mystical Girl Modern World. No, it's Mystical Girl Material World by, wait, is it Material Girl Mystical World? I don't know. Um, Ruby Warrington's book, and then Gabby Herstick's book, The Craft. I don't remember the American title for that one. Um, there's also um, Glamour Magic by, uh, I think her name's Deborah Castellano. I can't, I can't go on my phone to look at my Kindle because my, I'm using my phone to record my voice. So I can't, but there's like a bunch of books specifically about connecting beauty and spirituality. So like, that's what I started to read, right? And I started to focus and I started to come up with topics to learn about. So obviously makeup, then I learned about like self-care in general. And then I learned about skincare and then I learned about like herbalism because that falls into skincare and things like that. And like eating correctly, like all these things. So I started creating this path of practical steps to take to make me like a master, you know what I mean? And then after that, you have to create, so that was step one, creating a singular path. Step two of not feeling lost is finding connection. This is the part we've been missing the whole time. And you need to find connection in a way that fits you. So you, my, what I did in this step may not work for you, but basically what I did was I decided to take a step back and ask myself, like, what do I actually believe? I'm still agnostic. I'm still considered secular. I believe there's like spiritual forces and I believe in ghosts and stuff, right? I believe there's spiritual forces, but I don't believe that there's like specific, I don't know, like I can't tell if there's like specific deities or just one or anything. So I'm just kind of like, whatever, like you're there. Um, but you have to create a connection with it. You have to, you have to create a relationship. And so what I did was I started using nature as that relationship path. I knew I could connect to physical living things really well. And so, and so I started to collect plants and I grew a garden. Not all my plants made it, um, but I focused on how to be out in nature more. So I would like walk a lot. I would, when I worked at my office day job, I would walk every day and things like that. And I would try and get out and do quiet time. This also come in the form of meditation. And so I would like meditate and try and um, be quiet more and be off my phone. And so I would just do things that would make me feel more connected and like rooted. I feel like I had trouble with grounding. So that's what I would do. Um, but that's how I found my connection. And I'm still in the fate. I'm still in this developing this step myself. I'm not done yet. I feel like, like you can't pull me out of the oven yet. Haha. Uh -huh. So there's things that I want to do to continue this. Like I want to start journaling every day and meditating more consistently because for like right now, it's just whenever I feel like it. Um, I want to start 
like having more routines and things in process that allow me to connect. Like I want to start going on runs that allow me to be outside and be connected and like not be focused, which is like a form of meditation for me and things like that. I want to grow more plants. I want to have more relationships with those plants and things like that. That's how I create connection. Um, I also want to do more work with energy and learning how to maintain energy, build energy and um, ground energy and use it. I have a lot of issues myself with actual physical energy. Like I feel tired a lot. And so that has been a major working step for me is how do I get energy, maintain it, and then use it properly without feeling exhausted constantly. That is all part of this creating a connection thing for me specifically. So my experience with this is all coming from like a like white woman experience who's lived in the United States forever, right? You may have a different experience where um, maybe your family was brought over in the slave trade, your entire ancestral history has been stolen and completely ripped from you. You have the only thing you have is where like the literal line you can trace back in your family, like the few grandparents and great grandparents that you know. And if they didn't bring and keep their spirituality with them, it's been lost to you. So maybe for you, it's going and relearning those things about yourself, diving into ancestral work and rekindling that relationship with those specific gods and goddesses and spirits. Maybe you have a really, really long line of very spiritual people in your family and you've already been indoctrinated into this and so you continue using that path. Um, and you just hone it. Maybe you like focus on one piece of it instead of trying to be bombarded with it. Maybe like me, you come from a long line of Catholics, but you actually were, like were a Catholic and like got to have your first communion and stuff like that. And so maybe you focus on having your saint, because not all Catholics like have a specific saint or whatever. Maybe you have your saint be your guide or whatever. Like maybe you just learn how to connect where you can and where you currently are. Um, I think that's another thing I struggled with is thinking that I had to be a master of the pantheon or whatever that I was doing, or I had to be like real for it to be a true connection, but that's not how it works. Like any connection is a connection. And so you just have to start where you are right now in order to go. You can't start running until your feet hit the ground, you know? So that's step two is make a connection. So step one is figure out a singular path, come up with one path. Step two is find a connection, try and make roots really of that path. Like how do I make it so it has roots? Oh, and I forgot to add. So when you make these two steps, what starts happening is traditions. And tradition is just a family-friendly word for ritual. So when you have a very specific path and then you make a connection, you create rituals. And what the difference between a, like what makes it a tradition is that you do it consistently. So if every Christmas you go to your mom's house to eat for dinner, that's a tradition, right? So when you're creating your own path, you have you have to create those traditions. You can't leave them out. Um, and so there's traditions you have to make. So maybe the tradition is you every Saturday you do a little like a little ritual, a little self-care ritual, and you always use white candles and things like that. And you create rules. 
And the best part about traditions is the rules are arbitrary. They don't actually mean anything. Like they're just created because of what people had at the time. Um, like a good tradition that's actually from my family is that the grandparents would always give fruit to the kids on Christmas. And that's because when my grandparents were little, it was the Great Depression and fruit was like literal candy to them. And so they would get candy or fruit, like oranges and stuff in their stocking. Um, and when I was a kid, my grandparents would give me fruit. They don't do that anymore, which I'm really sad about. Like, no, we don't give fruit. Uh, my mom still gets oranges like every Christmas, but we don't like give it. But like, it's not the, the rule that it has to be fruit was only because that's like, that was the candy or like that was the high priced item at the time. Like really it's, it's transformed to literal candy now. Um, but like, that's the only reason why that's considered a tradition. It's not like if you don't use an orange, Satan will come and he will murder you. Like there's no like real consequences to not following the tradition exactly, but it's the fact that the tradition has a rule that makes it a tradition, if that makes sense. Like it's no fun without the rules. Like you can't like take Christmas, for example. Um, I feel like a lot of people are aware of what Christmas is, but just at least in the West from media. But if you don't know, Christmas is a Christian holiday based on pagan roots where you have a Christmas tree. So you have a pine tree in your house and you decorate it. Um, and like everybody that has any sort of like Christian heritage and still aligns to it basically creates a Christmas tree, even like atheists and secular people I know, like a lot of people do, at least in the Midwest of the United States. And so what if like, even though that's the tradition is having a Christmas tree, pine tree, what if it just like, you could do a Christmas anything? Didn't matter, you like, you, you just did a Christmas thing. Like, all right, I'm gonna dress up my lamp. Now, like that would break the tradition. So you have, like when you create a tradition with these two first steps, you have to like come up with rules. And like I said, the rules could be arbitrary. They could be fun based on your own, like where you are now, like your own limitations. You have to do that. And then the last thing you have to do to set traditions and then you have to set ethics. And these are actual important rules to follow. So that way you don't break your path or your connection. And these are things like, I refuse to culturally appropriate other, other cultures or um, like, what is the like Wiccan rule of three? Like that's considered one. So you just create rules that are like, like mine is beauty focused. So one of my rules would be like, I will never say bad things about myself, like something like that. And we can dive into a whole podcast on how to create witchy ethics. Like I've done this so many times. It's really fun actually. It helps you figure out like what you believe in. Um, we have to do that. Okay, so you've did the first two steps. You've created your singular path. You knew what direction you want to go in. Then you created a connection. You rooted that path by, and the roots are like your traditions and your ethics. Then the third one, and this is the one that people struggle with the most, is actually having faith. Like, I feel gross even saying that, <laughs> but you have to do it. Um, you have to have faith that your spirituality will always be there. Even if you're not gonna have faith in like the spiritual side of it, you have to have faith that it will always exist. So what that means is understanding where things could go wrong 
in knowing how to continue moving forward. And sometimes your path automatically has that set into it. Like if your path has a lot of shadow work or self-care work, kind of already have a guide for it if something goes wrong. But if you don't, you need to take those like steps in place. And so, like I said, my background is a lot of Christianity, so I know how Christian people would do it. So like if things go bad, um, a lot of Christian people I know would pray or they would go to church and talk to a priest or they would volunteer time. They would like try and reach out and help others if they were struggling, things like that. Um, they would have a community to rally around and that would keep them going when they're tested. And so you have to also create that for yourself. And so what having faith feels like is casting a spell or doing something and knowing it's going to work even before it does, knowing that um, the intentions you set are going to manifest, even if it feels like they're not going to. It means um, not talking bad things about yourself, um, not participating in self-sabotage. That's what all that means. I mean, if you have, if you're not secular and you do believe in like deities or whatever, it, mean, it literally means faith. It means like knowing that they're there and that they're with you, even if you are, feel tested and feel like they aren't. Um, and it's very important. And so when you connect this one to your other three, that's when you create a community. And even if that community is just yourself, like you're, you're your own little community, um, it helps you like have a guide for what to do. And it sort of is what creates like the religion part of it, which is like a scary word, right? Like, ew, that makes me feel yucky, but it's what we're doing. And so you have to have the third one. You have to have faith to make it like real, I guess. Because if you don't believe in it, why are you participating in it? You know what I mean? That's really what it comes down to. So, and that one I'm also still struggling with how to create. And it takes a lot of shadow work to do. And if you don't know what shadow work is, which is a whole nother podcast episode, it's like uncovering shadows and limiting beliefs and like icky parts of yourself and like confronting it and learning about it. Yeah, so those are the three steps if you're feeling really lost is creating a singular path, finding one direction to go in instead of like a thousand. Um, the next one is creating a connection, like picking the spiritual side of it and creating traditions and ethics based on that and your path. And then the third one is having faith that it's all going to work. Yeah. So that's it. So one thing I want to offer to you now is help doing that. So I've actually created a guide, an eight week guide that helps you develop this. Um, it's an apprenticeship program, which I want to give kudos to Rise Up Good Witch um, for, that's the Instagram, that's like the podcast name, I don't remember, um, I don't remember their name, but I want to give kudos to them because they do an apprenticeship program that has, that I really want to do. <laughs> when I can afford it, um, that has inspired this, but I have an apprenticeship program that allows that. So like we work, what would happen is we would work one-on-one -on -one, me, you, and then you would have a journal that you 
go and buy that you'd bring to the session. And I will take you through the framework eight weeks at a time. We would do everything. We would figure out your path. We would figure out your ethics. We'd come up with your traditions. We would, I would teach you everything. And then I have a literal framework for how to write it in your journal. So like, I also help you create your book of shadows or your grimoire or whatever. Like I have, like, you know how a bullet journal has a specific layout or like they have like specific bullets you use. Yeah. And there's like specific layouts. That's what I basically created for witchy people. And so I would take you through how to develop that. And then we would talk about it in our um, meetings. Uh, I'm not sure how much it is yet, but I am offering a beta program. And so that program would be way cheaper. And that's because it'd be me testing it with somebody with a few people. And so I wanted to offer it to you because you people listening are like, I feel like the people that would truly care. Um, yeah, so let me know. Does this sound like something you wanna do? Please DM me on Instagram because I am there. I'm always on Instagram and talk to me about it. Um, I'm gonna be sharing more about it on Instagram and other social media. I'm gonna be sharing my journal that I have done this method with and things like that. This is sort of the very first mention of it. I think I've mentioned it one other time on the internet, but this is the first mention of it. Um, it goes way deeper. It has like way more specific things. Like we create, so like, you know, the first step is create your own singular path. Well, we go through together and we come up with like literally the index in the back of your journal of this is everything you need to know to feel like a master in this path. Um, and we do a lot of shadow work. We, there's a lot of journaling, um, meditation, things like that, that happens so we can figure out like the second step, like where your connection would lie and things like that. So it's gonna be really fun. Um, like I said, it's eight weeks, weekly coaching for an hour. So you would get like to hang out with me over Zoom or whatever for an hour while we do this plus homework. And I would hope that what it does is it helps make you feel like you have an actual tangible um, thing to hold on to. But yeah, so that's the end of this podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me. I have to go edit this and upload it before I have to start my day. So um, I'm going to just sign off. But yeah, thanks. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.